Welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah, and I'm here today with Jen and Ashley. This is Ashley. We'll chat about our Unabridged Book Club's pick of the month, recommend related books, and share our nerdy English teacher love of reading with our Unabridged highlights and with short episodes featuring targeted topics. To follow along with our schedule, visit our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our episode today. We are going to be discussing the book-to-movie adaptation of the YA novel by Nicola Yoon called The Sun is Also a Star. But before we get to our discussion, we wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to the, the podcast on iTunes. That is the single thing that you can do that will help us so much. And it will just take a couple seconds of your time. So we just ask that you do that. So now let's get started on discussing this book to movie adaptation. So I think I'll start off just asking what were your general thoughts? I have a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You all know that Sarah feels very strongly about book to movie adaptation. So So this is Jen. So I actually had to see this movie. Well, I was going to see it by myself, but my niece, who is almost 16, was able to go with me, which was great. So I had a nice time at the movie theater. Uh, <laughs> the movie itself maybe was not so much fun. There were things, I will say there were things that I liked about it, but I was a little disappointed overall. And I'm sure we will dig into those reasons, but yeah, I just didn't feel, I, I felt like my brain was on the whole time. And one of the thing I've liked about both of Nicolene's books is I just feel transported by them and I get swept away and I did not have that experience while watching the movie. Ashley, what did you think? I I really, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't, of, of the three of us, I see movies the least by a lot. <laughs> and so I think that means that I'm not nearly as discerning with movies as I am with books because while I read a lot, I don't watch a lot of movies. And so typically it's pretty easy for me to enjoy them. And also of all, of the ones that we've done so far, all of the other ones, I read the book often up until the morning <laughs> of, of the viewing. And so that has been a thing where invariably Jen and Sarah are like, hey, this movie's coming out next week. <laughs> and they're both like, we can't wait to see it. And then I'm like, um, does someone have the book? Our poor friend. <laughs> and so then I frantically read the book, and then we go see the movie. So because of that, I have found, now that I have something to compare it to, that I enjoy having read the book mm-hmm. a distance from the movie much better than mm-hmm. I enjoy frantically reading it right before, even if I love the book. Mm-hmm. So this one I read, shortly after I read Everything, Everything, it's been years since I read it, and so I feel a lot more distant from the book, and I loved the book so much, but I do think that it makes it a lot easier to enjoy the movie when I'm not constantly comparing, because like Crazy Rich Asians, for example, mm-hmm. I loved the book, I loved the movie, but I had just finished it and so I just couldn't stop comparing each choice that the director made even Mm. even though I enjoyed both very much so I I think that part helped me a lot and and just you know sitting back but I agree with what you said Jen that I feel like 
my brain was on through a lot of it and poor Sarah was with me <laughs> and when my brain is on my mouth is also moving <laughs> which I've found people don't love when you're watching movies but I can't help myself and so and there was no one else in the theater so I was not bothering anyone but Sarah and so, <laughs> you were not bothering me at all so, I was like, we had the same experience we were the only ones in the theater so and before my niece had not read the book and so she asked for a synopsis and I told her all this stuff and then I was like Oh, sorry. That that wasn't right. Like things. I was like, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that wasn't. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and I kept saying, did that happen? I don't think that happened. That didn't happen like that, and I couldn't remember. So anyway, it took me at least the first half to close my mouth, and I do think at some point I did settle in, and I thought, oh, I haven't talked in a while. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think I got to a point where I was more swept up in the story than initially. But yeah, I mean, I loved the book so much. And I think, like Jen said, there are parts I really enjoyed But I think in the movie as well. But I think that overall, for sure, the movie I just wasn't as captivated by as I am the core of the story and the characters themselves. I mean, I love Daniel and Natasha in the book so mm-hmm. much. And I just think it's hard... Sarah and I talked in the theater. I think it's hard when you're taking something that is far-fetched in the sense of like meeting someone and, mm-hmm. and winning them over in a day. It's That is something that's hard to do and hard to convey that that could actually happen. And I think the book does that in a, a much yeah. more convincing way. Yeah. So Sarah, what do you think? <laughs> so unlike Ashley and Jen, I was right up on that book. <laughs> I finished that morning, so it was very fresh. And I totally (laughs) Ashley this time. And I totally (laughs) empathize now with Ashley with her experience with Crazy Rich Asians and Five Feet Apart and all the books that we have um, made her read so that we could go see Mm -hmm. the movie. I definitely empathize with that because what I found is that having just read the book, it significantly decreased my enjoyment of the movie Mm -hmm. just because I could not stop comparing. And I didn't think that, whereas with Crazy Rich Asians, I thought that that was a strong adaptation, even though it was, there were differences than the book. I did not feel like The Sun is Also a Star was a strong adaptation just in all the choices that were made. So that made it really difficult to enjoy the movie mm-hmm. just because I had just finished my time and experience with Natasha and mm-hmm. Daniel in the book. And what I found is that the Natasha and Daniel in the movie mm-hmm. could not hold a candle to the yeah. couple in the book. And I also really missed all of the other things that were included in the book that were just omitted from the movie. So the more universal things that were happening Mm -hmm. within the book and the chapters just on ordinary people that they encountered but getting a little bit of a backstory and the tie-in of fate I felt wasn't as strong in the movie as it was in the book so for me it was not the most enjoyable experience and I'm pretty lenient on movies Mm -hmm. but I think just because I love the book so much it just the movie just felt really short for me. I will say my niece has not read this book yet, but she read everything, everything, and then watched the movie and was quite disappointed in the movie. And she felt she liked this movie better than that movie. Hmm. But again, she hadn't read the book. So I do think, yeah, just that is a huge variable. I think your expectations are set so high when you've read a book and loved it and you want the Mm -hmm. movie to live up to that experience. So 
I think maybe what we're saying is go see the movie and then read the book and you'll be less disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think anytime you're trying to pack something into a one day span, mm-hmm. I find that often with movies that ha- that follow that phenomenon, like trying to pack all this stuff into one day, that it's difficult to really develop the characters and the storyline mm-hmm as much and especially in the book you have as much time as you want to to develop those things whereas in the movie you have two hours or an hour and a half or whatever it just it doesn't play as well in my opinion when there were a lot of events to pack Mm -hmm. into it because ashley earlier mentioned before sunrise was it you or was it yeah Yeah, before sunrise which i feel like in that book or in that movie it is about them developing a relationship and this was about them developing a relationship but it was also about her family being deported and having flashbacks, flashbacks about when, you know, they came to America and her parents' relationship. And it was also about him dealing with his brother and him dealing with his parents' expectations. So it wasn't as tightly focused. And therefore, I felt like all of those disparate parts suffered because they were more rushed. Mm-hmm. And the, the hard thing is those were all the things that made me love the book. I yeah. love that it's about more than just their relationship, that their relationship is the way into these great discussions of social issues and of considering Daniel's family's, what he's dealing with as the child of immigrants and the level of expectation he has that he go to this Ivy League school and the deportation questions. And so I think all of that is great to have, but it was almost like they should have made the movie more different from the book and, and focused in more tightly on something to, to just be able to develop it more. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would have wanted to see that, like knowing going in, but I do think it might have been mm-hmm. a stronger film. Yeah, I mean, I think thinking about things I really enjoyed about it, I did feel like one scene that really stood out to me was this really sweeping panorama of the Statue of Liberty mm-hmm. at sunset, and it was just stunning. Yeah. And I think force the audience to ask the question of what it means for our country that we stand for immigrants and we stand for acceptance and we're sending people away. Mm -hmm. And I think I wanted to see more of that kind of message because I feel like that is part of the power of the book. And I think that the book is like, I mean, I think like, like Nicola Yoon does so well, I think she talks about hard issues, but in a really accessible and light way that makes it an enjoyable, I mean, it fits her in the genre of, of like the romance mm-hmm. genre, but she's also talking about real experiences mm-hmm. that can be challenging, but I wanted to see more of that. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there were these moments that were, where the cinematography did complement yeah. I loved the all of the New York footage. Yes. I, I thought it gave a great sense of the city. Yes, and I loved, I loved, yeah, exactly. Like, I think that there were a lot of scenes that showed the culture of the mm-hmm. city and how, again, I mean, the, again, like the richness of immigrants and what they mm-hmm. bring to the city of New York. And I loved all of that, but it was, it was not, it didn't come together as cohesively. Yeah. Whereas in the book, I think that's certainly a thread that continues mm-hmm. throughout is just the, the presence, the c- contribution that each of them give and that their families give to the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoy the flashbacks as well they would have flashbacks to these histories like at one point so Daniel's family runs a black hair care store and 
they yeah when he's telling Natasha that she thinks it's very strange and so he explains this whole history of how Korea became sort of the capital of the black hair care industry and I thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. liked the way it was filmed I thought it was cl- it, it reminded me of in everything everything these moments of animation like I think it's interesting when the director chooses to sort of take you out of the timeline and insert this little bit of history so I thought that was clever as well and I thought it was really interesting to consider the way some of those things come about. I'm trying to think of something positive to say (laughs) that you all haven't already said. So I'm nodding a lot. So (laughs) I I agree. I liked the portrayal of New York City, although I felt at times that it seemed very empty, which I've been Mm. there lots of times. (laughs) And it is not ever that empty. (laughs) That was some of the running commentary (laughs) I kept giving Sarah. I was like, there are two of them in the museum. (laughs) Oh, look, now there are five more people in the background. So, yes, I think I probably contribute to that with my nonstop talking. So sorry about that. But, yes, that was a distraction. Yes, but, well, no, it was not a distraction. I totally. I mean, agreed. I think that yeah, a distraction being from so the movie empty yeah. just didn't. Again, there were these really beautiful scenes that did not involve Daniel and Natasha mm-hmm. that really did show more the essence of what I would think of as the city. Mm-hmm. But then that was in contrast to the times that they were filmed and everything had been clear, obviously mm-hmm. cleared out for yes. the filming in, an, in a way that seemed really awkward. So I'm just going to go ahead and start with some critiques <laughs> because I can't think of anything else you to right add. In. We are to... right. J- jump right in. <laughs> so the first thing I wanted to talk about was t- Natasha's relationship with her father mm. because I felt that, that, that his mistake in getting the DUI in the novel was a huge part of why – of her relationship with him and – just the the way in which she was mm-hmm. making choices and they took that whole thing out yeah. of the movie and the i felt like they hinted at that that they that they had a fraught relationship but it never really said why where in the book you clearly knew that he had made this mm-hmm. choice and he had also kind of been absent from his family to pursue his own dream. I mean, that was a huge part of the book, in my opinion. And the reason that her, uh, that, that the things were happening within her family, with her mom and her dad, there were all these things, other things that were weighing on her in the book Mm -hmm. that didn't even play a part in the movie. And I think part of what I read in the book about Natasha really made me feel for her as a character. Whereas in the movie, I didn't feel as connected to her, Mm And what she was doing. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted her to not be deported, clearly. But there were so many other issues happening in the book mm-hmm. that weren't just associated with her de- deportation that day. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing that really bothered me was the lack of relation of explanation between of the relationship between Natasha and her dad. I was just going to say that I got hung up on where they spent the night in the park yeah. and they could, she couldn't respond to her family to say where they were. Like all of that was really strange to yeah. me and just a strange choice when well, that wasn't what was when, going on in the right, book at right. all. And it just makes them seem they're, they're clearly both such responsible uh-huh. teenagers that why wouldn't they just contact home and right. say this is where I am? And it's not like they were doing anything quote unquote wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But normally you would tell the people that you 
live with right where you are and so like that was really strange so yeah and natasha's whole character just wasn't to me anything like in the book because daniel had to work so hard to crack her shell Mm -hmm. in the book and i felt like you didn't get much of that at all in the movie so one of my main criticisms was a lot of those scenes when you see the romance building in the book in the movie it just fell really flat for Mm -hmm. me and i thought their dialogue back and forth was not convincing there were a couple of scenes where he said things to her that seemed, I don't know, vaguely threatening. I don't know. It was just, it was just strange. And so I thought, like, the karaoke scene I loved in the book. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, I thought that was just awkward and strange. <laughs> Ashley and I had a moment, was, had a moment during that scene. We were... It, it was weird. It was weird. And then it was the, the awkward. It was yeah. that. Yeah. It was like, this is really. I was with my niece. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I win. Well, and I mean, those. <laughs> it was like, I win most awkward. Well, and I think those things can be awkward in real life. And yes. in a book, it can be awkward, and then you can laugh about it. Right. But in the book, it wasn't awkward. It was really no. tender. And so then they tried to convey that, but not. It just didn't It just didn't work out well. Yes. The, so. My favorite was when, and it was a silent scene, which may have been part of it, but they were in the planetarium. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> was that too snarky? It's true though. I do. Everybody was asleep. I like like both the actors a lot. I just think there were some things with the chemistry that. Yeah. Well, the one scene I really liked was in the planetarium when they were just holding hands, and I thought it was just really sweet. And yeah, but but again, it was. (laughs) You didn't like that one. I forgot that one. Oh, I like that one. I I was like, what is happening here? What is happening here? I thought that was sweet. Anyway. Sarah was gesturing, just so you all know, since you can't see her. And I thought you were telling me to hit stop on the the recording. And then I was like, oh, no. I remember the scene. She was mimicking the hand bond. It was very awkward. Which, again, I thought was sweet. Awkward. Again, my niece was beside me. But... But that was less awkward than the karaoke scene. So, in relative oh. terms, yeah, I just, I did not, I did not believe that they fell in love Mm-mm. by the end of the movie. So, I think I believe that they liked each other. And oh, and then the, the other weird one, and I understand that he's a good-looking guy. But when they went to meet her very family, handsome. I think he's very yeah. Handsome. When they went to meet her family, and he was worried because he said he looked homeless, but then he left his shirt unbuttoned halfway down his chest. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was another time where I'm sure Sarah was like, "Shut up, Ashley." But I was like, "Dude, you're gonna leave your shirt down to your belly button unbuttoned, <laughs> to but meet you're her putting family? on your jacket? Yeah, Why? It, that was Why? made no sense." So. There were just things I was like, he would not do that. He would be buttoned mm-hmm. up and look respectable, respectable, respectful. Yes. Yeah, they were. It, mm, I Yeah. Sorry, I'll just stop there. Yeah. I don't want to keep grinding it into the dirt, but I was, I was just disappointed. One thing I did, one scene that I did like in the movie was when Daniel took Natasha to his parents' store when she interacted with her with his father. Mm-hmm. I'm having trouble with my pronoun. Yeah. <laughs> and and she interacted with his brother. Yeah. I didn't think that the relationship between Charles, his brother, and Daniel was as understand uh, mm-hmm. like I didn't understand it as well. If I I wouldn't have understood mm-hmm. it as well, I should say, if I hadn't read the book. Yeah. And just the choice to make him 
It almost felt like they were trying to make him like kind of a stereotypic, typical like bad guy. He had mm-hmm. the because where in contrast to Daniel, who was wearing the suit, he had on like the cutoff sweatshirt and he had tattoos, which doesn't mean that you're a bad person, mm-hmm. but like it just seemed like he was everything that Daniel wasn't. But mm-hmm. in the book, I mean, he had been at Harvard mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Yale. I can't remember. I can't remember. But he had he had just Mm -hmm. been kicked out of one of those two school Ivy League schools, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't he was a jerk, but it wasn't like he hadn't been to school and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was a weird choice, but I also thought while he he gave Daniel and Natasha a hard time, he also didn't give him as hard of time as he did in the book, and it definitely seemed clearer in the book why their relationship had issues versus Mm -hmm. in the movie i don't know if i that i felt really rambly and i don't feel like i articulated that that well well that that guy the guy who plays charlie is in single parents and he's a great actor and i really like him so then that yeah that makes me wonder because yeah maybe it wasn't the actor so much as the script the script yeah i don't know and i don't know who wrote the script yeah like there were moments where i I really liked charlie Mm -hmm. i mean i liked what charlie's character showed yeah in the movie but i agree that i felt like it also wasn't i mean again just the backstory was lacking and so it was hard for us to understand why they got along so poorly and I also, I mean, I, yeah, I also like the store scene because it was so, unco- I mean, it was so Unco- awkward yes. and so uncomfortable. And I think, um, spoke to, uh, you know, I mean, there was a lot of stereotyping happening and, um, I loved when his dad like showed her the relaxer oh and was like, I think this would be great for you. Like what? And then, and so then your hair isn't so big. And then I loved it because she comes she, back. I like my hair big. It was awesome. Yeah. So I feel like. I mean, that is both the navigation of teens with parents mm-hmm. and also the navigation, the cultural navigation that happens between different cultures mm-hmm. that can involve a lot of stereotyping and um, generalize, you know, just, mm-hmm. just making all sorts of inappropriate statements and also thinking that you know someone something about someone when that's often not the case. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, did, I agree, Sarah, that like I liked all of that because I thought it was interesting how that happened but I wanted to see more mm-hmm. I think especially of the brother stuff because I think in the movie also it was like we we saw that moment where Natasha goes back to Charlie to get Daniel's number mm-hmm. and it seems like he is doing the right thing yeah like it, he makes the right choice and like in the book I don't remember him coming around in the, to to know to doing the right thing for the right reasons right in the book Natasha basically says, think of how much you can get back at your parents Mm -hmm. for having Charlie date a black girl, basically. So he does it out of more out of spite than out of the kindness of his heart. So, I mean, again, that's all me. I think that I would have enjoyed the movie much more because I like a YA movie like this. I just was not far enough removed from the Mm -hmm. book Mm -hmm. to be able to appreciate the movie standing alone. Whereas other books and movies that I've seen, the adaptation I've seen way, way, way um, further in the future than mm-hmm. I had read than when I had read the book. So, yeah. mm-hmm. I think that that is what definitely impacted my joy mm-hmm. <laughs> and seeing the movie. So the part with 
the attorney who is helping Natasha with her family's case and who is interviewing Daniel. How close was that? I was trying to remember as I was watching, how close is that to what happens in the book? It, again, um, that is, so in the book, the lawyer is having, has, he was hit, that is, mm-hmm. that's the right thing. But then he is having, uh, he realizes that he loves the, his secretary and the reason that he doesn't, he doesn't go to the court appointment because he's in a hotel room with a secretary. Uh, and so the lawyer is not as sympathetic of a character uh-huh. as he is in the, the movie. And I don't know. Okay. I think it's sh- because, I mean, another th- point that was made in the book is this idea of fate and having this one person and the lawyer finds this in his secretary. And I mean, that, that, those connections are made throughout the whole book, like mm-hmm. about fate and about right. how pass, crossing paths and that type of thing. And I just feel like that was lacking from the book. And or seemed kind of too overt. I yeah. Mean, I think there were parts where it felt heavy handed. Yeah. Like or where they he just was writing the Dusex Machina in, in the book, and then it was on her jacket. And then there was the train scene mm-hmm. where the guy comes on and is like telling the this, you know, lovely story mm-hmm. about how being late spared a life. And mm-hmm. But it felt force i mean yeah, it's awkward yeah, it right. was just, there were lots of times that were just sort of awkward which maybe <laughs> is exactly what it is to be a teenager so um yeah. maybe that's not so far removed from teenage experience but sometimes it felt i couldn't tell if the awkwardness was intentional mm-hmm. when i think in a book you have the luxury of having chapters so you can yeah. say or you can have this chapter is the conductor this chapter is the security guard and then you can still go back and forth between Daniel and Natasha Mm -hmm. and I mean I think that's a hard thing to replicate in a movie and so I kind of think we saw the result of Mm -hmm. trying to tell that story without having those those kind of plot devices in your hands for the movie yeah and I think sometimes I just wanted to be trusted a little more to figure it out yeah I think like she wore the jacket right right Mm -hmm. but then it wasn't that he hadn't like written it in his journal (laughs) the same morning I mean it's like I can notice that the jacket is significant right without (laughs) having to have him write it down first in order for me to make the connection you know so I think there was some of that too Mm -hmm. that could be a little more subtle maybe does anyone have anything else they want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I think the only other thing that we talked about off air was just that we did really love, there were a lot of people of color in this mm-hmm. movie and a lot of people, it, like we talked about with New York City, I mean, I think that that part was really rich. It really showed mm-hmm. how America is made up of so many different types of people and that is what makes our country amazing. And I loved that and I think that that was the backdrop of the film and mm-hmm. I think that both Charles Melton and Yara Shahidi spoke to the richness that I think is in the book Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that also is in New York City. Yeah. And I loved that. I thought that that representation was great. But then I think like a lot of YA films, it it felt like there just wasn't the budget, the time, the attention that they needed to bring out all of the amazing parts of Nicola Yoon's book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then those things kind of fell flat. Mm Mm-hmm. For some parts of the movie. Yeah. Yep. Well said, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And um, Sarah's like, next time, please don't sit next to me in no, the theater. No, that's not true. I could just see the two of you alone. 
<laughs> we meet but we the theater. <laughs> it did not bother me at all next time we'll post a picture on instagram and i will be banished <laughs> to whatever back corner so that they don't have to listen to me talk but anyway well we wanted to thank you for listening today to our book to movie adaptation episode of the sun is also a star by nicola yoon before we go, we'll just go around. I think that this is probably obvious, but we'll just go around because remember last time I said that we were always going to say book or movie. Forever and ever. Forever and ever for every episode of this type. So we'll start with Ashley. I know you are um, <laughs> on pins and needles and suspense, but I did, in fact, prefer the book quite a lot in this situation. Book. I think we know what my answer is. <laughs> I do think I like the film the most of the three of us. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I just think uh, often I really like movie adaptations, mm-hmm. but this was one that just fell short for me. But so I love, but I love the book. So we again. So thank you for listening, and just wanted to again remind you to go to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And uh, if you've seen the movie or read the book, come talk to us on Instagram about that or Facebook. We love talking to you all about the things that we talk about on here. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We would love to hear them. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher, on Instagram and Twitter at UnabridgedPod, or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com, or on our Patreon page. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light. Many thanks to Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer, and Tim Rieger, our videographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.